Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Oh no. Mm. Oh, hi, every- hi everyone. <laughs> Your tone is so grim. I have a headache. Like you're about to tell him about a horrible accident. <laughs> uh, uh, I, got, I got some bad news it's for like you I, I could hear you taking your hat off. Yeah. It's like, we've, it's like uh, we're driving up to some fucking country home in 1943 to give a woman a, an American flag. Look, <laughs> uh, look. Listen. Look. My name is David Bell. Uh, here's the here's the deal. My name is Tom Ryman, and we just watched the Beverly Hillbillies. Hillbillygy. The Beverly Hillbillygy. 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 Fuck. Ron Howard. <laughs> really? Hillbilly Eilish. I've been doing real good. I just had a down month. I got an interview tomorrow, Mom. Otherwise, I. Yeah. Oh, you know me. I always land on my feet. David, don't look at that. Come on. Come on. Don't you look at You look at me. You look at me. You let her get away with this every time. I told you that I would do better. You always say that. You're lying. I always try. You got to think about these kids. What do you think I've been thinking about since I was 18 years old, huh? Never had a life where I wasn't thinking about the kids. Uh, this. <laughs> all right. Uh. All right. <laughs> where do we begin? I have I a lot of things to talk about. There's something I want to talk about, I guess, just right up at top. Uh, okay. About how this movie is the journey of this film. It's, it's, a, it's a drama that's, um, excuse me, it's a uh, histrionic melodrama. That it's is, based off a memoir. Oh yeah, um, uh, it's, it's on Netflix right now. Uh, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's, you probably people probably have heard about it because it's Ben Shapiro loves it. It's getting politicized. Like uh, critics hated it. It's getting a high rating from from audience reviewers scores. from audiences who I think just it's a political thing. I, I don't think, think, I think it got I, well because okay. The memoir came out in 2016, right around the election, and people sort yeah. of it became kind of an unexpected bestseller because it came, it became something that uh, pundits were talking about because they're like, this is the slice of life. This is Americana. This is why Trump run the, won the Rust Belt. It's because right. it's this book that's part memoir and part this, this fucking dipshit ranting mm-hmm. about ranting against welfare queens, quote unquote, and how like it's a real pull yourself up by your bootstraps scolding memoir that ignores all of the systemic and racial issues that create and perpetuate poverty yeah you wanted to say something i also have somewhere to start with this um but but you go you go first the the thing i wanted to say is that the movie is also becoming politicized um by again conservative and 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 right-leaning media people who want to who are like, oh, it's it's this now the it's like the, Ben Shapiro's like the bad book has now become a bad movie, and it's you know it's everybody wants to right. tut, tut tut at this movie. I don't think these people have watched the film 
Because the film cuts all of that shit out. Yeah. None of that's yeah. in it. <laughs> all right. So there's t- there's there's two layers here. Yeah. One is uh, it's a bad movie. It's just a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's just a it's, it is a, a, we it can, is a we can go into that. It is a bad movie. Um, the other is it's a dumb message, and they're they're kind of one in the same. I wanted to start with because um, I saw all these reviews, and they're talking about this is the Appalachia. I know you know people who shit on the film who are like this is a bad depiction of Appalachia, and people co- keep talking about it as like poverty in Appalachia. This takes place in Middleton, Ohio, which isn't in Appalachia. Right. It's on the border. It's right outside of Cincinnati. And I went ahead and looked up Middleton, Ohio. It has a 12% poverty line, below poverty line. Um, it's That's twice... That, uh, compare that to Baltimore. Baltimore, twice as bad. 23%. Mm-hmm. In actual Appalachia, the average is bigger than that. It's 17% of people. Mm-hmm. In Kentucky, it's 25%. Middleton High School got a $96 million renovation in 2016. Um, It's not a poor town. It's not a rich town. Um, But it kind of... It kind of cuts to the problem... The main problem I thought was with this movie. Which is that... Tom, I did vandalism as a kid, right? Sure. I got into some trouble... I, d- uh, I did our, vandalism our family, as an adult. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Uh, sorry, when I say a kid, I do mean like twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but like as a kid too, I I got into some trouble, some drugs. Uh, we we started a little poor, but then became middle class, upper middle class. Uh, I've seen arguments. I've lost friends to drugs. Um, none of this means I should write a memoir that becomes a movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it isn't hard. I'm not saying life isn't hard for people. I'm saying that some things aren't movie uh, right. level of drama. Yeah, this <laughs> this is... And Middleton, again, not uh, not the worst place in America. Well, the, and this is something... Uh, this guy's life, not the worst life. Yeah. Uh, just average. Pretty average, for especially for people who grow up or not even grow up in the deep south because you keep pointing out he grows yeah. he actually grows up in Ohio but it's like the movie this is okay the movie begins with with uh, flashing back to this character as a teenager in in 1997 which felt like a personal attack because I was uh-huh. like well that's not that long ago and then I counted <laughs> you're like oh no oh, stop shit. it stop it right now that was the year that Val Kilmer's The Saint came out yeah. Um, he goes down to the watering hole. A guy says, don't get bit by a cotton mouth. Yeah. Because um, um, it's folksy. It's very folksy, but it begins with, he's like doing some waxing poetic about his people. He's like, my people come from Kentucky. Um, and he's like, and I spent every, every summer I spent in Kentucky was the greatest summer of my life. And then we never go back to Kentucky and it's never mentioned yeah. again. Yeah. In terms of like why it's a bad film, also, this movie is disjointed and the protagonist doesn't change or do much of anything. Okay. He just narrates. The protagonist, we should point out, his major journey in this film um, yeah. is, is his, the completion of his arc is that he decides to cut his mom off. To yep. go get a to go to a job yeah, interview to at, job at interview. a law firm, 
in the first like 20 minutes he's in yale and i was like oh so you're fine <laughs> like, but we so don't you're better than most people so you're better okay. so you're better than 95 percent of the population well, well yeah, you're, you're doing had, better yeah the moment they show the swimming hole scene mm-hmm. and a bunch of kids dunk them underwater and which is something that has happened to me it has happened to 90 percent of the people in the world uh bullies dunk you underwater if you're at like a pool party mm-hmm. and the narration sh- says things could get pretty tough in jackson it's <laughs> like oh no you don't know that this doesn't this happens to other people like yeah. you don't you don't realize that this isn't that bad and that was like a lot of the scenes was like i almost shoplifted a calculator and it was like Oh, you sweet, gentle child. Oh, you sweet you. summer child. Do you know how much shit I've stolen? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help that I've been rewatching The Wire. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And, and, and it's, so it's it's that where it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, you, you know a program that actually addresses uh, poverty and the systems yeah. and, and yeah. Machination, machinations that uh, uh, keep it in place and perpetuate it. And here's uh, here's the thing. It's not about like class necessarily like i was thinking of another film goodwill hunting say what you want about that film it's a successful film and he's not he's not that badly like he's not like it's not about poverty it's about a character who's from a certain place and a, a well, problem child having to break out of that yeah, to good, find uh, happiness yeah good there's an element of that in this goodwill hunting is about access yeah um, um and it's not it, it, again it's it's that thing is we don't have to compare everybody's tragic lives here no um but it was told goodwill hunting is told like a movie yeah. <laughs> like where it's like it's not the stakes aren't that high it's about a guy getting to uh, like a white uh lower middle class or i guess lower i don't know um it it's it's about blue, this guy he's, having he's a blue, journey he's blue collar blue collar he, he's working you. he's working at a construction site yeah, and he, it's about him trying to show his potential and getting past his culture and, 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 you know, all that. And it's like, what compels us is that it's fun characters that we like and want to see succeed. Oh, yeah. And also Casey Affleck. Like, yeah, but it's... Um, jacking off into a baseball glove. <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's not... It's not... Ultimately, it's not about what the situation is. It's about telling a story that's compelling. About characters that we like. Yeah. Now, I sent you a text early on when you started this movie, uh-huh. and I said, without spoiling too much, let me know when you spot a single likable character, and you never texted me back. <laughs> no, no. The girlfriend is the closest. The girlfriend yeah. who, my my favorite part in this movie, by the way, yeah. is when he's talking to his girlfriend about how his family is terrible, and or how they had came from nothing, and she's like, oh yeah, that's kind of like my father too, and then we never hear about it again, and I'm like, I bet her family has a way more interesting story. They, they, that is such, okay, that's one of the biggest problems with this movie, is like, she says, oh yeah, my father came to this country with nothing. His girlfriend's Indian. Yeah. Um... He's like, yeah, he came here with nothing. Uh, and we just blow right past that. Yeah. And I was like, wait, I want to hear, wait, why isn't this movie like about her? I'm not saying her life is particularly hard, but it's probably slightly more interesting than this one. Yeah. It's, like I, neither of them are probably, you know, it, it's a, it's again, it's, there's a scene where it's like, he's a dishwasher and it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I was a dishwasher for like a decade. Yeah, man. Uh, Everybody it's is. Good pay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's it's it's, it's so it's, it's, unremarkable. It, it is, and it's so that's. God, there's so many points I want to make about this movie. Yeah. Um, it's remember one, when he gets. Oh, sorry. I, I was gonna say one of the one of its biggest problems is that it blows past the stuff that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, like it just like you mentioned, it starts. Well, the movie's told in two different timelines: one in in present day, which is actually like 2011, or yeah. whenever he was writing this memoir, this fucking self-aggrandizing memoir. Um, and then it's flashing back to the late 90s when he's a teenager. Um, it starts with him already in his second year, I think, or second semester at, uh, at Yale, at Yale Law School. Yeah. Um, and we get a little bit where he explains he went to, he joined the, the military uh, for a little while when he turned 18 and then used the GI Bill to go to Ohio State and then got to Yale. Never explains how that happened. Yeah. Like where did you're he right. where does he where does he get the money? Like how does he get cuz even even like even if you pass the test it's like incredibly it's a it's a selective school and it's right. incredibly fucking expensive especially if you're out of state. And they just they just go right over that, and that is uh, a major roadblock that keeps most people out of Ivy League schools. It's not I'm the guessing, grades that keeps people out of Ivy League schools. It's yeah, the money I'm, and it's the access. I'm guessing the reason they skip that is because it doesn't fit with the narrative of the bootstraps. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my guess. I don't actually know. Don't know. Yeah. This obviously this is a memoir. Like this is an actual person's yeah. life. So. But this does feel a little bit... I get the vibes of those articles who are like, this is what you got to do to just get out of debt, kids. Mm-hmm. And then in the article, the person like mentions that they won like $100,000. Or that they're living in a condo that their parents are paying for. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's like It's like, oh, there it is. There's the thing. Like at one point, uh, it, we're shown uh, a scene where he's in like his... Uh, academic advisor's office going over how much money it's going to cost. Um, this this scene pissed me off so much. And yeah. it's such a big... It, this, this scene exemplifies this movie's biggest blind spot and the memoir's biggest blind spot. But yeah. like the movie doesn't even dwell on this topic. Anyway, he's in this office and he says... Um, He's he's doing the he's doing looking at the numbers doing the books, and it comes mm-hmm. out to like twenty five or twenty eight thousand uh, dollars for for next semester, and he's getting yes. and he's getting slightly less in financial aid, so he won't be able to cover it. So he's worrying a little bit, which means he was he was the previous semester he was getting enough financial aid uh, to cover that, which is a fucking lot. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. he says, um, and then his academic advisor is like, oh, I know that the, it's slightly less of a financial aid package than he got last time. And he's like, but I'm already working three jobs. How am I going to pay for this? And when he said that, like, I'm working three jobs, I'm like, is, he, is this 1979? Right. Like, what, people have not been able. Right. To, like, like, I couldn't work my way through a fucking urban commuter school like it was like i like i, I graduated from old dominion which is like not Again, it all- not expensive but still couldn't work my way through it working two different jobs i haven't dug into this guy but it really does feel like yeah so the, there's I- some 
fibs being told here? <laughs> so the idea that he was let's let's just, I mean it's the idea that he was earning over twenty thousand dollars a semester working three jobs, um, and also still being able to handle his um his class load because he's going to fucking Yale Law School, right? And that if that was true, that should be the story. Mm-hmm. Is like about how fucked we are economically that someone has to work three jobs and try to go through school mm-hmm. and the mental breakdown they have doing that yeah that would be the story yeah uh, in this it's like just a thing he's doing and it's like how do you even have time to go home how do you ha- um, how do you have time for your for your school work yeah you don't how do you have time for any of this and then um, you, those clearly aren't like full-time jobs no they, it's, it would be impossible he'd be working yeah. 160 hours a week or whatever yeah or 120 so like hours a week jobs. and then on top of that he's going to school full-time at law school yeah um so after that like um his advisor says well well you're just going to go to this dinner tonight and you'll hopefully get an internship oh any one of those internships easily pays thirty thousand dollars a summer and I was like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hold the phone. Couple of here. things. Are we not going to... Ad- like, she just casually says it. Like, how... Whomst do you know has access to an internship that will pay that you pays, that much money? That pays money. <laughs> not even... Not, um, yeah, right. Not even that pays <laughs> that much money. That pays money, period. <laughs> it's, again, it's... There's... It's, there's there's such little at so, stake here. Even if he gets this internship, which will be the thirty thousand dollars that'll cover that semester from school, that only leaves him like two thousand dollars for literally everything else. Yeah. So I'm like, where's this? Is is he living with his girl? Like, is his girlfriend paying the rent? Like, how is he? Probably right. Like they omit. Like he. Mm, they omit so much of like how this is possible. Right. And they're just like, well, it's because he worked hard and he had a Meemaw that pushed him. I'm like, no, there's another factor there that you're yeah. leaving out. Yeah, it feels like it's either... It, it, see, if this was a fictional story, I would say, oh, this person doesn't understand money. Yeah. Like, I imagine that's how they got apparently Ron Howard uh, involved, which still shocks me. I didn't know. I didn't. Re- I forgot that Ron Howard... Like, Ron Howard's been rich for so long, he probably looked at the script and was like, yeah, this all adds up. Ron Howard has been rich his entire life. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're right. He has. Um, <laughs> Motherfucker so, started like, on um, uh, Andy Griffith show. It, it's a combination of people who I don't think understand money and someone who wrote a memoir that flat out just lied about what their life was like, right? Or, or what it's their just, finances were like. It's just omitting things that, are, that aren't convenient or I don't know. Right. It's, it's, Look, everybody wants to say they had a hard life. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants to mythologize their their story, their upbringing. Yeah, they want to triumph over uh, uh, just adversity and like uh, they want they want that. Everybody loves that. Um, but like you know, that's what that's what recognizing privilege is, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole point. Um, and that's why people hate that idea. Uh, specifically like white people. Uh, And so it feels like this is a guy who I'm not, again, I'm not saying his life was easy necessarily because no no life is easy. No. Um, It's just not worthy of a movie. Right. Uh, It's, he wants us to accept um, 
that his life is both a broad generalization and uh, a unique outlier. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's he like really he's, wants this to be special. He's using his experience to explain the totality of poverty. I mean, like all you have to do is do what I did. But at the same right. time, he's it's like it's like. But my experience is worthy of a movie. It's like all right, <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's even... one or the other, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just oh, God. and we haven't even gotten to the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's stuff. It's just. It's so. Oh my god, the parts were like. Oh. <laughs> Remember when he gets mad because someone uses the R word, and by R word I mean redneck. Redneck. Yeah. And he and, and he like, yells uh, at this law partner at this fancy dinner party that like the future of his employment depends on. Yeah. And there's a lot of I don't know. There, it, the, the, there's such a weird dynamic where like he's the calm uh, male of his family and all the women are out of their minds apparently but he also loses uh, his temper over dumb shit like three different yeah. times oh yeah and, like, remember and when again, he almost remember when he almost gets stabbed because that that yes that uh strung out dude calls his mom a whore right but let's let's really let's really break that scene down because again the, you know what this reminded me of a little bit is um and i haven't seen it in a while so I, I maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but walk the line, which or a lot of biopics mm-hmm. where they start with the fact that they have to make a story about him. And I remember walk the line being like, oh, so he had a pill addiction. I don't know why this is a movie. Yeah, I don't know why uh, we need you to know. see this. It's just because he's Johnny Cash. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is like that, except this guy isn't famous. So right. like all the drama. <laughs> this guy is not Johnny Cash. Yeah. So when you think about. All right. He almost got stabbed. He didn't know it. He. What that story really is, is the time he once almost uh, broke a door down, but couldn't, and then got yelled at, and then imagined that the guy maybe, maybe had a knife. Yeah. Because I, we don't know no, in the memoir, I was just, it's written from his perspective. I was just... So the, ni- yeah. the knife is like, uh, you're right, in the, in the story of the movie, mm-hmm. he totally almost I mean, got stabbed. It's stupid from both perspectives. Because like yes. it's it's really just like such an impotent explosion, uh, impotent and useless, and like terrifying. Like he gets yelled at by this woman and her two children, and it's still like he's standing there staring at them, and she's like clearly terrified and telling him to leave the building. It's like some some unrelated neighbor in this duplex, and it still right. takes him like a solid forty five seconds to finally walk away down the stairs. Um, right. So even from that, like from that perspective, it's like stupid and 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 lame and weird because it's like it's he really tries to make it seem like really glorious or like yes heroic or like it's like or like a a really dark moment yeah or something or you, like I almost died and it's yeah. like you for you don't know that guy had anything on the right. other side of that door. But I'm, but like the and then that's like from the reality standpoint. What I was talking about is right, like, right, oh, right, this yeah. is this is just a stupid thing you did. You're lucky you didn't go to jail or that somebody didn't get hurt. Um, and then from the storytelling perspective, like the guy is on the other side of the door holding a gigantic fucking kitchen knife. Yeah, and it's like okay, so had you successfully broken that door down, he would have planted that knife in your skull, right. and now you're dead. And now you're dead. Congratulations. 
And we wouldn't have gotten this memoir. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we should probably... Because uh, there, there's so many things I want to talk about. Should we just go through it? Yeah. Uh, roller skating in a hospital. Oh, my God. That... Okay. <laughs> what the fuck was that? The... the, uh, the ho- here's... Okay. Here's the thing. Again, it's a message about poverty... Uh, a bad message is his mom loses her job and it's her fault mm-hmm. as a nurse. She's a nurse. Now uh, nurses, I'm pretty sure they get paid pretty well. Not amazingly, mm-hmm. obviously not enough. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I know a few nurses and, and they can, you know, uh, all the, all you have to do is really like, well, not all you have to do, but you, you know, you know, not to roller skate in the hospital. Uh, so there's a scene where she's in the locker room and this woman, other woman has roller skates and she's like, I love roller skates. And she's like, oh yeah, I skate in the parking lot. She's like, can I try them on? And then, and then they just, she just tries them on and starts skating through the hospital and that's how she loses her job. Yeah. She's, she's, she skates into the, the, uh, fucking ICU. Yeah. Like a fucking cartoon character. Well, she's high when she does it. Oh, right. She's high. Yeah. Um, but all right, I guess this is what it is is if you wanted to actually say something about poverty um ha- like all right if that first of all if that actually happened <laughs> uh, and you wanted to say something about poverty you would show you would talk about like they briefly mention it but they don't really about how she got addicted in this hospital like long hours and and you know and like dealing with death okay that's and probably access to pills that yeah um, and show like what actually happened. They make it just seem like, look at this fucking idiot. That's skating the, through the ICU. That's the like, yeah. That's the they biggest make it her problem. Yeah. She's poor. Yeah. Uh, they. That's the biggest problem with Amy Adams' character is she's she's the main character. JD is his name. She's JD's um, drug addicted, uh, seemingly bipolar. Um, just yeah angry uh mother who goes from zero to shrieking her head off in th- three seconds right um but they never the only things we get to see of her are like random scenes of just um red-faced melodrama she's either screaming her head off uh losing her mind and, and trying to kill him in a car um <laughs> Where she's like, I could kill us. I could just kill us both. And then you'd see how grateful right. you should be. Or she's getting high and roller skating to the hospital like an asshole. Um, but we're never shown her good moments. We're never shown, like you said, the elements that led to her addiction. We're sort of given the idea that part of her issue is that... Because we're told a few times how smart she is. Like she was salutatory in, in her high school class. Right. Um, but she had kids uh, at 18 and had to essentially give her life up to raise her children, and she resents them for that. But we don't ever really get... They just sort of pay that very minor lip service. They don't explore it at all. It's like they just keep skipping. They keep hitting the the skip button to any moment of abuse from her or her fucking up. All we see is her meltdowns. Yeah, and so we don't see like again. It feels like they're skipping over uh-huh. uh, things that don't fit the narrative. 
or don't fit like that this person just selectively remembers because that's all we get but they they're they're it's disjointed because they don't tell the story between it they just want to show these moments we, yeah we just i can't stress enough um, that the flashback again, scenes literally just jump around yeah right. because again i don't think that this person's life was that bad so like you have to sort of skip around to all the really bad moments mm-hmm. uh which again you could do that for anybody like uh, again i, I sh- this the mother in the film seems like she's a jerk you know it's not right it's on her as well but like since that's it that's that that's what they reduce it to as right. opposed to explaining her more or giving her humanity right or making making us like her or any character that's the thing that yeah humanity is and empathy is missing from this movie because we're just yeah. we're just giving these cartoonish characters that are like you can't you can't ever feel anything but mad at amy adams you're just like god this woman's right. a pain in the ass like i i also hate to be around her and that's that's the most you get from her character is you're like up you're frustrated yeah. with her like we never the like main, her right the main character also never seems trapped by it in the way no. of like again it's not <laughs> like it's he not literally like says in the beginning i haven't been home in years i've been here at yale law school <laughs> right it's it's i uh, because i've been watching the wire um the scene in the car where she's like i swear i'll kill us mm-hmm. and this is again this person's story from a teenager i don't know um and then the cops get involved and are extremely helpful mm-hmm. <laughs> and i just thought about the wire again uh-huh. where they have similar they have similar things but because these are black kids in baltimore the cops are nowhere to be found these kids are trapped and so again it's 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 a, just a more interesting story uh, than this, where it's like, and then the cops came, <laughs> and they were very helpful. Or like, he has cop friends, and like, it, he never seems again. He never seems like he's on the wrong side of poverty. He seems like he has people who are in power who are willing to sort of help. Uh, he's not. He he like he went. He goes to Yale in the first twenty minutes. So it's just it. It never really feels like he's. again that the movie is doing everything it can not to blame society Mm -hmm. not to blame systemic issues or even point them out yeah it does it's not even that brush against them them. every now and then uh and so it's just like ah get a load of my mom she caused all her problems am i right all right so anyway anyway, here's the completion (laughs) of my arc is heroically leaving her in a motel room yeah after i literally caught her injecting heroin into her ankle yeah, and just hoping my sister gets here in enough time uh, after work to to keep her company while I drive back to Yale to continue my fabulous life. Right, and, and like, and, 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 he, and he treats it, they treat it like it's the uh, like he has this bit of narration after where it's like my you know my mima just gave up everything she had to try to give her kids the things that they didn't have, and then my mom did the same thing for my sister and I. So in a way, my success is 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 their success. It's how they win is getting you know it's it's like he's talking himself into being selfish right and like i get it that like it's true that yeah. you should if you're in an abusive situation or family yeah. um help yourself but this movie treats it as so inspirational and they and they don't do the work to get what i just said across 
So it really just kind of seems like he's a jerk in the moment. Um, but like, it's, it's, it, it's hard. It's hard to put into words. Cause it's just like, at the end, I was like, when we got to that hotel scene, I was like, I don't know what the movie wants me to have him do. Yeah. I don't know if the movie wants me to have him stay behind and be like, you know what? I'm here for my family. I don't know if he wants to go to the job interview or he should go to the job interview because we just don't have enough information mm-hmm. like about his mom. All we see is the bad stuff. Uh, again, I think about like Goodwill Hunting and this is laid on very thick in Goodwill Hunting. Uh, Bathleck is like, you know what, my, you want, you what I want? Uh, someday I'll come to work and you're not here anymore. And then at the end, of course, he's not there anymore. And he leaves behind the people who you would also argue needs him. But it's the point. It's also the point of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's set up within the movie. Yeah. And this movie, it's not set up in any way. No, they push. Actually, I think they push towards him staying because we get so many speeches from from uh glenn close about how family is the only thing worth a goddamn right and you'd think glenn close close would be served as like as like a a, a, some sort of moral compass for him but all she does is say a lot of folksy insults and watches terminator and like it's partially it's because life is messy and doesn't fit into a narrative Mm -hmm. and they didn't do the work to take this memoir and fit it into a narrative you know like you like you got to change things uh to make something worthy of a uh, a story in a movie mm-hmm. and by worthy i mean enough bullshit that just functions as a story yeah yeah and it just it's it's two hours of watching people argue about stuff that's not that dramatic yeah about like stealing a calculator and stuff when they're arguing in the car i was like why do i have to be here for this yeah why am i seeing this yeah i would like to not be in this car please uh because it's just an old lady arguing with a child yep about shoplifting and there's no nothing coming out in in it no we're not gaining any new insight from this scene yeah like and it's it's, a, it's just so much of that like she simultaneously is telling him um family's the only thing that matters you got to take care of your family you got to piss into this cup for your mom so she keeps her job because she's your mom and you just got to do it for her because she's your mom and remember then, the close-up of him pissing into a cup yep why did that happen because man it's a it's a hard it's a hard-hitting drama why did we have to see this teenage boy's piss flying out of it flying out of his horrible body i don't know yeah i don't know um but yeah and then at the same time she'll be like you've got to not have any friends and and only pay attention to you got you got to work hard and you got to you got to study and stay in school um but also i don't know be ready to give all that up in an instant for your family yeah uh so the movie the the movie is pushing uh, two different messages it seems to me and then he just decides on one at the end. He's like, well, I've got to do what I've got to do. And they treat it like he has this right. bit of narration where he treats it like it's this noble, inspirational thing to do. And then the movie just ends. Like the, right. They do the text at the end that's like, by the way, the mom's been sober. Right. They don't show us anything. Like, oh, okay. like they show us him sitting down for the interview and then it ends. And then it's like, he graduated from Yale in 2013. He married his girlfriend. They have kids now. Yeah. And his mom is sober now. And it's like, okay, but did he get the internship? Like that, you know, right. the thing that was 
the the point the, the arc of the movie and then also his mom's addiction like what happened with that oh she's sober now right i kind of feel like and maybe I, we should have seen that I don't yep. know. and again going back to goodwill hunting which apparently i'm going to bring up a lot you're the it's a similar choice it's do i go to this fancy job interview right mm-hmm. or do i stay behind this movie has a moment where he's talking to his girlfriend all night and it's done like a montage mm-hmm. and then he tells her like i'm gonna be an hour late can you tell them and she opens the door and he's right there and i thought oh so he's not gonna do the interview it's gonna be like i gotta go see about a girl he's got to do the goodwill hunting thing where he's like you know what i i need to find happiness and they didn't do the work for their relationship for that Mm-mm. um but then he just goes to the interview <laughs> And I was like, so there's no surprises here. There's no message. There's no like, uh, it really is just like, uh, does he go to the interview or does he stay back with his family? Um, is he going to learn something there? Is he going to have any sort of arc? And then they're like, now nah, you just go to the interview. <laughs> yeah, you just go to the interview and then we're not going to show you how it goes. Right. There's <laughs> we're nothing. Not, we're not even going to tell you if he, get, if he gets the internship. <laughs> Right. I can't stress enough how little of an arc he has and how little he learns about himself well, he's not or has really... any epiphany at all. Yeah, and he's not really constrained. Like, you, like he's not trapped by any of this. Like, at one point when he gets his... He fucking haggles his mom into a, um, uh, a rehab center. Right. And he is able to pay... Uh, three or four thousand dollars right there by just spreading it out across four or five credit cards right again something hoopsed among us can do that something (laughs) needs to happen in the movie i just needed like it's it's that it's like oh yeah i could i could pay it and it's like all right (laughs) okay i mean was the fact that you have to spread it out across multiple cards supposed to tell us that right there's so many scenes where it's like when we were kids we vandalized a place and they do this like real dark music (laughs) it's like you smashed a toilet man (laughs) yeah you guys fucked up a lowe's there's a scene where they're like oh no my grandpa died and i wrote like oh no that's never happened to anybody before and then it's it's just like grandpa okay yeah the grandpa's death is what sends uh is what sends uh uh amy adams uh spiraling um yeah like they, she has a very extremely dramatic suicide attempt in the middle of the street right um and then she starts uh stealing pills at 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 her job at the hospital i couldn't tell you what the grandfather looked like we get maybe two sentences from him we do and yeah, it's like he should, he's like a background character should we maybe have scene. established like that they were close because that wasn't clear at all no it seemed like she hated everyone yeah well there's no it's all skipping around there's yeah. no fucking it's just it's so disjointed and nothing is happening and there's no arc for the main character he's just he's very boring yeah uh and they just keep showing these scenes of him doing average stuff as a teenager. Yeah. Uh, and then scenes where I'm like, I don't think that happened. Where the kid's like, hey, you want to try weed, man? And he's got like the plant. And he says. And it's like, 
and it's they make it they again they try to make it like really dramatic that he's like i don't want to do weed and i'm like what jesus what fucking christ what he says uh in the nerdiest voice possible is marijuana is a gateway drug yep and then it ends with the kid going ah you're lame and then that's it he doesn't get pressured yeah, um, and, then, later, and then later he drinks some beers yeah like and later <laughs> they, like, they just kind of show us oh yeah he's drinking beers now oh yeah he's smoking weed now it's like oh yeah i feel like, like maybe everybody. that i feel like yeah it's but yeah like they they did it they made a such a show of him being like that's a gateway drug and you're like oh is this going to be like a thing where it's like he doesn't want to go down the same path as his mom oh no we're just not even gonna we're not even gonna examine this at all right we're just and what the was ne- even the point in the next scene he's just going to be drinking beer and getting high okay <laughs> right uh, again i think i think what they were trying to do and that with him breaking down the door and stuff is this idea of a person who's scared that they're gonna fall into the i don't know mental illness in his family or the addiction in his family but he doesn't even come close no he's in he's, fucking yale law school yeah it's it's again it's not him fighting that at all and they show him as a teenager with some kids one of them takes a lighter to a spray can and it's like ooh, <laughs> it's like jesus christ right he's just he's like just, this is all basic teenage stuff yeah, he's, baseline teenage stuff he's just hanging out with a couple of burnouts it's like all the yeah. these are we've all hung out with these it's people a, or been these people <laughs> Yeah, it's a movie from the perspective of someone who doesn't realize that these very average things um, aren't are are average. Like they don't realize that. Again, all the near misses, almost stealing a calculator, which ends with just someone buying it for him. Yeah, not getting in handcuffs. Nothing dramatic. He just gets into a fight with his grandma uh, that we have to watch. Um, his mom knocks over a rack in that store and it's like, oh no. And then she steals some baseball cards and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. It's so, there's so little consequence. And if you're going to do that, you have to have like a story. Yeah. (laughs) And they don't have a story. It would have helped if we had a story. Um, So like they think that these moments are enough to shock us or to mean something. And they just don't mean anything. Yeah, there's no there's no empathy, there's no humanity in this movie. It's just there's no stakes. Yeah, it's just a series of like, uh, to be honest, like lifetime television movie levels of melodrama, yeah. just played out by uh, two uh, of the finest actresses in Hollywood wearing ridiculous makeup. <laughs> I don't blame them at all, and here's why. And I I know you know this. Um, and I'm sure our listeners probably know this, is that when actors make a movie, they don't quite know what they're doing necessarily. You don't know how it's going to um, turn although out. Although they probably read the script and maybe they, if they read the memoir, they're also rich. Yeah. So maybe, you know. Um, but yeah, I think, the, I think they thought this was going to have more weight than it did. Yeah, it really doesn't have any, no emotional weight to it. Um. nothing happens well one thing happens and we must discuss it oh man is lit on fire (laughs) (laughs) and in the most boring Ah! way like when a person gets lit on fire they should they should okay here's the ideal version of a person lighting on being lit on fire uh jeremy renner in 28 weeks later 
Oh, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say um Return of the King. Oh yeah. <laughs> they need Denethor. to they, Yeah, they need to run a mile and then fall off a giant building and then into fa- a battle. And then fall several more miles yeah. off, yeah. off of a cliff <laughs> slash castle. This motherfucker this, oh. gets partially lit on fire <laughs> and rolls off a couch in a flashback. Oh, in, in a flashback within a flashback. This scene is in, yeah. the construction of this scene is incredible. His sister is telling him a story about the time their grandma lit their someone their grandpa their grandpa they lit their grandpa on fire. This is a f- like it's he's having an argument with his sister. And she's like, you, what didn't start with her? Things like she had it real hard growing up too. And then they collectively have a flashback to their mother's memory, which, okay. Yes. Um, um, and then and the, memory, <laughs> the memory begins. She, <laughs> you want to say it? <laughs> like grandpa has come home and it's, it is just, just, just shithouse drunk. And Meryl Streep is like, oh, you fucking bum. Oh, you bastard. I swear to God, next time you come home like this, I'm going to set you on fire. <laughs> and then hard cut to flash forward. <laughs> I told you to, what I was going to do. The next time he comes so drunk. And, and it's she like, yep, she lit him on fire. fire. <laughs> As he now, lays on the couch. <laughs> and then he rolls off and then they put him out. And it, fine. and it, and then the flashback ends to the to the him and his sister standing there staring at each other. They just both look gobsmacked, right? Like they saw the scene. Like they, yeah, like they watched the scene. <laughs> this is all right. There's so many layers here. All right, first, first of all, the memoir version of this. What actually happened to this man? Is that his sister once told him a story about his mom remembering the time that grandma lit their father, their grandpa on fire, which is probably layers of hyperbole, right? Um, it's, it's, it was probably like, or maybe it wasn't, I don't know, but I'm just saying it's the, the, the story, the true story we get is my, I once heard a tale about a tale about a tale. Like that's, that's the true story. And they treat it like it's so serious. They, the, the music, their faces, and it is so funny. It, yeah. It's a comedic beat. It is, it's meant to be this like harrowing gl- yeah. glimpse of like a domestic violence and, and a dysfunctional household. And instead, it's just really funny. It's extremely funny. <laughs> I told you I'm gonna set you on fire. I told you what it's I do, so, you bastard! <laughs> Fucking it's so badly fire. done. And then you're right. It's like they watched the flashback. So it's like it doesn't make. It's bad movie making. It's yeah. It's bad movie making. It's, it's, yeah. it's the, but they would have come out of it like the sister looks like she's just watched it for the first time, and she's it's ostensibly the one telling the story. Right. Oh my gosh, a man was lit on fire on his couch. Yeah. Just very gently, very gently lit very on fire. Very gently lit on fire and um, then rolls off. Lovingly lit on fire, I'll say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um holy shit. <laughs> this movie is it's just He talks <laughs> about um like the ultimate threat of this movie doesn't become clear until the last 25 minutes and it's that he credits his success with his 
with his mama's tough love, with his grandma's tough love. And none of that even begins to enter the picture until like the last 25 minutes. You know what this could have been a movie about? You, Amy Adams is hardly in the movie. Again, maybe this isn't what happened to this guy, but we're making a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about a teenage boy having to live with Glenn Close. And we get comedy out of her. Um, b- better comedy than what they give her. Uh, we get this teenage boy and this old woman who's scared that he's going to become his mother. And we do drama from that. We do drama. Mm-hmm. And and we don't even talk. You know what? We don't even have to address poverty because clearly they didn't know what to do with the subject. They don't even. Yeah, they don't address uh, it in this movie either. Really. So just have it be like she's proud of him that he graduates. She dies. And that's very sad. And like the mom is kind of in the background and um, maybe he learns forgiveness with her. Um, or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does have to walk away, but then you have to make her like a really big villain uh, for that to work. And and then he starts his new life, and maybe maybe it's like you know he he graduates Yale or whatever, and his and his grandma isn't there because she died, and it's sad, and we're sad, and Glenn Close wins an award. Yeah, you know, uh, we don't we don't like see this- any of that. No, we don't see any. We just see them fighting in a car. Yeah. Like, we never see we any affection between even, any of these characters. We don't even see her fucking die. Yeah. Like, they, they do they do a montage scene that he's narrating over, and at one part of it, it's Glenn Close clearly on her deathbed in a hospital, and he's there in his military uniform reading a Bible passage. And then we right. cut away into a, a, a different part of the montage. Right. And again, it didn't really seem like he liked her. Uh, this Although, I mean, like, she, doesn't, he doesn't even he doesn't even move in with her until like the last twenty five minutes. Right, the movie seems like it's written by someone who's mad, yeah, and mad at their family mm-hmm. and has a lot of stuff to work out. Yeah, uh, and doesn't want to give them any credit for any real success he had, <clears throat> but wants to hang on to his uh, culture and talk about how painful it is that he can't tell. Uh, white wines apart and says syrup weird yeah. uh, and like it's like look at how different i am and it's like yeah you're not that different man you're, you're not that different i'm sorry like and again like it's it's you still gotta tell a good story like watching the wire um you know i know a lot of that is just based off of things it's not a true story mm-hmm uh, but they 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 use it to uh, show us what's going on in Baltimore, what the problem is, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, but we also need like a bad motherfucker with a shotgun named Omar. Yeah, like we also need that. We also need this to be interesting. We need fucking McNulty getting drunk and trying to put together a bunk bed. Uh, we we need Idris <laughs> we Elba. We need that. Yeah, like they they knew they're like no, no obviously this is nobody's this charismatic but like it's that it's like you need to tell a story with good characters mm-hmm. um, and the the extent of that in this is there let's give the grandma fun sayings yeah and make her watch Terminator that and it's like that Terminator scene moments. what does that fucking mean 
Where, it's too little, too late. I think they're like, like there's oh, a, there's we a, need to make the... Ca- there's three kinds of Terminators oh, in this yeah. life. There's good Terminators, there's bad Terminator, and then there's neutral. What the fuck are you talking about? Can you imagine if he whips that out at a party like, my grandma always said, <laughs> three types of Terminators. And it's like, that doesn't make any fucking <laughs> make sense. Any sense whatsoever. <laughs> they don't need to be... All right, here's the thing. They don't need to be Terminators. There's three types of people, and they're either good or bad or in between. That's all she's saying. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, they don't need to be Terminators. Also, there are no neutral Terminators. Yeah, what a that, that, that's ridiculous. No Terminator is neutral. Who are the Madam? neutral Terminators? <laughs> a Terminator is programmed to kill. Yeah, or save John Connor. Or save, yeah. There's no or neutral Terminator. Generals. There's no Terminator There's... standing off on the side being like, I'm going to weigh my options. No. Yeah. A t- <laughs> so Terminator centrist. Yeah. Like, oh, well, there's good points on both sides like, of the robot What war. a weird thing. What a weird pop culture concept to pull into this idiom of yours. It's like. All right. <laughs> Tom, I hate to bring this up, mm-hmm. but there are kind of neutral Terminators in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um. They're not neutral, but they're on the side of the war. That's enough, And they kind of... Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's enough. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, um, but she's not watching that. It wasn't out yet. No, she's, she's not watching the Sarah Connor Chronicles. No. <laughs> she's watching Terminator 2, uh, where there's... Yeah. Good... What the fuck? It's such a bad movie. Don't watch it. Nobody watch this movie. It's, it's, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's they, they my God. <laughs> I, I had a headache. Uh, this movie gave me a headache. It's, it's long stretches of nothing happening and people fighting. And so, uh, and, and not like truly fascinatingly bad filmmaking decisions. Yes. Like, and some extremely tone deaf thoughts about poverty. When they're even there, it just, it, br- it, it brushes there. up against the topic. Like the movie, to be clear, cut all of his direct commentary that made his yeah. memoir such a hot uh, button of controversy it cuts all that out of the movie right as it should because uh, we don't need we don't need the character ranting at the screen about bootstraps you know like mm-hmm. yeah they're trying to tell a story i think this is the problem right is that the memoir <sighs> all right I, I, I don't like this author but in his I guess defense is if you're writing a memoir and it's more, more about commentary than here's my upbringing and he's just using his upbringing as an example, uh, then you definitely shouldn't make a movie just of his upbringing. Right. Cause that's not interesting enough to be a movie. Right. Even the author knew that when like, he wrote yeah, his right. book, he had to extrapolate something else from it. Yeah. He, he was like, I can't just write about my upbringing. I have to give a bunch of commentary. And again, I don't, uh, apparent, it doesn't sound like the commentary is very good, but he at least knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and this movie doesn't. It's just a boring-ass story. Yeah. It's, it's, that, it's the scene in Walk the Line where he like can't start a tractor. And I was like, why am I watching this? <laughs> it's, th- it's that for two hours. <laughs> Where it's like, I don't understand why this is worth watching. Yeah, why is this a film? Yeah. I am not seeing anything compelling or uh, anything the least bit dramatic in this movie. Yeah. It is a home video uh, with Glenn Close in it. 
<laughs> oh shit! Fucking any, any other thoughts? Hillbilly elegy. No, I think Fuck. we got them all out. Just that uh, once again. Um, this is why. By the way, I said the good reviews must be political because I'm like nobody can like this. Right? Because this, it's, right? it's it, this movie is fundamentally bad. Like it, yeah. it's just it's just poorly constructed. Uh, it's boring narratively in terms of filmmaking, in terms of pacing. It's it's all over the I place. Mean, I can see why someone like Ben Shapiro would like it because he'd be like, "Oh my god, they broke a toilet. That's so dark." Yeah, you know, like I could see, I could see this uh, being real hardcore for someone like him. Yeah, someone but, who's who's a dweeb who doesn't, <laughs> someone yeah who doesn't who's have born any in experience outside of his own. Yeah, yeah, doesn't but expose like, himself to other points of view right. or cultures. Yeah, but like an average person, and by I mean like yeah, uh, like most most of America, regardless of class or where they grew up we'll see most of this movie as not only relatable, relatable, but like boring relatable. Yeah. Is like, oh yeah, that's, that's what it's like to be a mediocre white guy. <laughs> I mean, I guess that means I could uh, do, Tom, do I get a me- memoir? We do can we do it, memoirs? man. Fuck it. Apparently. If we, apparently if, we yeah, can. Yeah. If Hillbilly Elegy gets to be a movie. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> can write about how hard my life was because yeah. I had a fight with my parents once. <laughs> Fuck this movie. Yeah, this movie's dog shit. Um, uh, uh, okay. All right. That's all enough. right, folks. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. If you check it out, you'll find exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman mm. and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Mm. Uh, check check out us on on well where, wherever you found this podcast if you like go like one podcast before you'll find an episode of fox Mulder is a maniac that's free yeah so you can get you can get a taste there mm-hmm. yeah and maybe drop us a review on the itunes or wherever yeah it helps for fun it helps us out when you do that um yeah also, we have a store at tpublic.com slash stores slash Gamefully Unemployed where you can get t-shirts, masks, mugs, stickers, all kinds of stuff. We got a bunch of new designs in. They're all great. They're great. They're glorious. Um, and yeah, do those things. Check out our Patreon. Check out our store. Uh, leave us a yeah. review. And don't watch Hillbilly Elegy. Not if you've listened to this to the end. There's no reason for you to watch it. You should, there, there's you should, no reason. You should be making that decision yourself. Like, I'm never going to watch this fucking movie. Yeah. I, I need you to cut it off like like it's Amy Adams. <laughs> yep. Just abandon it in a hotel. Abandon it in a motel. <laughs> yeah. And never think of it again. Nope. <laughs>